Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 156 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. And I am Skullzy from Skullzy TV. I cover Bethesda News. Awesome. Welcome, Skullzy. Thank you for joining us. Thanks. It is awesome to be here. Pleasure just having you on. We've been talking for the past week and a half, two weeks now. And uh, it's like, man, why didn't we meet sooner? It's great stuff. So... (laughs) Uh, for those who don't know, Skullzy is another upcoming Bethesda YouTuber. I'm a big fan of his stuff. Please check him out. Link to his channel will be in the description down below. Along with the Patreon, you can flick a dollar our way. You get this podcast early on Fridays instead of on Sundays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If that's not your flow, you can still listen on the go. I didn't mean to rhyme that. Um, <laughs> iTunes, Google Play links are in the description down below. And I feel like we're going to have a lot of new listeners this week because there's been a lot of Bethesda hype, a lot of Bethesda teasing. So if you're returning after a long Mr. Matty plays and Carrick of ACG hiatus, welcome back. We hope you are here for the long run. And obviously this show is going to be all about Bethesda because they owned this week, in my opinion. So let's get this started. we got to go on with Rage 2, or is it Rage 2? This is one of those things it's hard to figure out where to start with because it's developed so much and there's been so much speculation, so much is added on to this. We'll go all the way back to the beginning. There was a leak on Walmart Canada. 10 plus games. Splinter Cell. There was Forza Horizon 5 somehow. (laughs) Dragon Quest on the Xbox. There was Borderlands 3. And also, amongst many other games, Rage 2. So surprisingly out of everything listed there the one that demanded the most attention i personally know is not only within my own community but gamers in general was rage 2 people are like that's a weird one to see i didn't expect that especially since myself and many others are thinking doom 2 so this leak happens we're gonna cover it we're gonna talk about that did any other games out there stick stick out to you guys when you looked at the initial listing Carrick, I know but, you were uh, hyped for Splinter Cell. Yeah, I was hyped for Splinter Cell. I like I had said in the tweet though, I, or uh, the message to you, I was a little w- weirded out by the Horizon Five mistake. Mm-hmm. That was like uh, odd almost instantly, but doesn't necessarily mean anything. I, it, Splinter Cell, I'd be, I'm absolutely for. Like that's, I think it's time to return to that as well. But I'm one of the few people who actually sort of liked a lot of elements of Rage too. Yeah, I was sort of excited to see it because I mean it wasn't the most amazing game in the world, but there's a lot of things I actually liked about it. Same. So I was sort of excited for that. Skullzy, you ever play Rage? I did. Uh, I actually liked Rage. I didn't finish it, but I did enjoy. Um, it was at the time it was one of the best mixes of first-person shooter and light RPG elements. And um, wasn't it Rage that had the different texturization engine to where the whole entire Mega yeah. Yes, I found that very, very interesting, and I'd like to see more of that used in the future, uh, just to see, you know, it's a different type of game texturization op- uh, engine. It's, it'd just be different to see what people can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, I agree, Splinter, Splinter Cell definitely stood out to me, um, but that, that uh, Forza Horizons thing was like a sore thumb. Yeah. I don't know if it disproved the whole thing or what, what but it, it stood out weird. there. And I, I, yeah, I wish they would have just left that off almost. It's something with Bethesda, I always say, no leak is ever easy. Like, the only easy one I've ever seen was uh, The Evil Within 2. Psycho Break 2 job listing, it was so obvious. But <laughs> outside of that, it's it's never easy with Bethesda. There's always like that X factor, that thing that sticks out, and you go, yeah, I don't know if this is real or not. 
Anyway, so we see this leak. Or we, we are allowed to have our respective opinions on it. We develop them. But then Bethesda throws a monkey wrench into that all. Instead of, now yeah, we're going to keep quiet on this. Oddly enough, they comment on it. In fact, the whole Rage account got completely wiped clean, no tweets, and their first tweet was acknowledging this leak. They changed it to their logo, their banner, and it said that the key art was wrong, that the font was wrong, and it had an anarchy symbol, and all this was in pink. Some people thought, did the Rage account get hacked? What's going on here? And that very well could have been a possibility. Uh, especially because, like, the the job on the picture itself was, like, different texts. It just looked so unprofessional. But it was like, whoa, they're they're acknowledging a leak. And it's, it's Bethesda out of all people doing this. They're very closed down, reserved, very opposite direction they took on this. Then Bethesda starts acknowledging it. Bethesda's Twitter account says Doom, or says Dude, not Doom. I'm thinking about Doom. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then... Uh, Pete Hines said this is why we can't have nice things so they're playing along with this obviously trying to drum up like what's going on here and also throwing the suggestion out there like we know this is here we know this is real this is happening because then the Bethesda account itself takes the reins for the teasing starts chucking out images images of Big Ben with a pink smear the time lands on 514 an image of a rocket going in the air pink smoke but there's a 514 on that an image of Shibuya Crossing. Very odd. Nothing was in that picture. And then we see two different ones of what looks to be the enemies we fight in Rage pretty often. Uh, they are amongst the same gang because we can see they both have goons tattoos on their bodies. And also the, the enemies in the Rage game were heavily tattooed and armored up, much like we saw in those photos. So we'll stop there for a second. The photos themselves. What did you guys take away from them? Is it definitely Rage 2? Is there something else there? Multiple games teased by Bethesda? Whoever would like to go first. Um, oh, first, before people ask, I'm wearing the glasses because I'm in front of lights. I know everybody yeah. gets all pissed off whenever I wear sunglasses, but <laughs> I have bad eyes. I have anyone on our channel complain about it yet. It, they, they, it, well, they don't. I just assumed you were deleting them because at some point you're just like, okay, mm. we get it. People are pissed. He's, what a douche for wearing <laughs> those inside. He, what does he think? Bon, he's Bono? Um, I personally... I, I, some people brought up the fact that if you look at them, it sort of does indicate three themes, which I was surprised because I, I didn't see these. I should have. But it was like, like I said, time and then space and then travel, which I was like, oh, shit, Starfield, even though it's pink and all that shit. Um, so that's that that really interested me. I hope it's more than one, but there's a reason why, because despite me somewhat liking Rage, I also know and I just found this out this morning to my chagrin, a number of people don't give a fuck. A large number of people are not fans of that game. And so it's like, I hope there's another one as well. Um, if this is all much ado about just rage, a shooter in a post-apocalyptic world, which we've, you know, you got your Metro series that's done that to an incredibly high degree, that does actually make me a little nervous. So I'm hoping there's two. And like, you know, a Starfield game, and rage and that maybe they're overlapping in some way but i think you just did a reverse search and looks like that might not be true and it might all be related to rage so i don't know yeah it's very confusing what Carrick's referring Hmm. to is i didn't know about this until he brought it up to me but if you right click the image on um the bethesda twitter account and click google search this image 
it'll kind of look up what's in the image. So I think the rocket was like space and technology rocket six or something along those lines. And then three of them came up. I think, um, what was it? The, not the rocket. It was the, I think Shibuya crossing. And then the two people all came up with rage. So yeah, it's looking like with the reverse search that this is more likely rage. Um, what do you think mm. about all these pictures, though, Skolzy? There's a couple of things that come to mind. Um, first of all, with the people, that definitely that definitely confirms rage. Whether uh, Bethesda's trolling us uh, with that based on the Canadian Walmart leak or if truly is rage, at this point, I, I think it's rage. Um, but the main thing that comes to mind with that is, one, all this hype and stuff about rage, what's Bethesda Game Studios doing? Uh, we're going to have a huge announcement with rage, but it seems like people are now distracted from the secret Bethesda Game Studios project, except people are thinking Starfield mm-hmm. from that rocket. But if Rage 2 is being announced or something to do with Rage, that is a uh, is a confirmed way to at least limit what Bethesda Game Studios would be working on because I don't think it'll be anything Fallout-related if something Rage-related is yeah, coming true. out. I don't think Bethesda would want two post-apocalyptic things in one showing, so either Starfield is legit or... It's Elder Scrolls, or it's something we have no idea about. And speaking but, of Starfield, you know, we'll, we'll tailor off for a second to talk about how we can narrow it down more. I noticed in a video of yours, Skolzy, that Pete Hines actually acknowledged in a Twitch stream of Elder Scrolls Legends, to some extent, the existence of Starfield. You know, someone mm. said, isn't, like, Starfield your favorite game? Something along those lines, right? And he was like, congrats, you can read trademark listings, you don't know what that game is, who's working on it, or what it's about. Yes, yes. Um, I actually was really excited when I heard that because I think that might be one of the only actual confirmations from uh, Bethesda that the Starfield trademark is a project. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously it's a thing because it's trademarked, but it, it, an it's ongoing active project. Yeah, yeah. And um, boy, did I get a lot of hate for that video. People are like, oh, this doesn't confirm anything. I'm like, it kind of does a little bit. <laughs> it was an acknowledgement. It was like him saying it's not... You don't know what that game is, right? When he said that, I was like, all right, like we, we saw in the trademark listing, it's a, it's a game, but also those trademark listings could be there for, for 10 years down the line for mm-hmm. like for a long-term plan, I think, if they want to get to it and have their property protected in advance. So hearing him say, like, you don't know what that game is almost acknowledges it's a current thing, from my, oh, yeah. my opinion. And they don't talk about, Bethesda doesn't talk about anything until it's getting close to some sort of time period for them to start marketing, it, it, as we all know. And then um, one other thing that I want to mention real quick in that video, and I'd like to hear your opinion on, um, everyone's talking about the Starfield thing, but Giant Monster News is another mysterious trademark that keeps getting renewed. And no one really talks about Giant Monster News. That's actually and, one I personally haven't heard of you oh really to inform me on this <laughs> um yes actually in that uh, towards the end of that video i touch on it briefly i only mentioned it because i did a whole video about this but um okay. pretty much since the starfield trademark was discovered there is another trademark uh, and it has the same exact classification as starfield it's owned by zenimax the first few lines say mobile games just like the starfield one uh-huh. but the name of this yeah it's giant monster news is the name of the trademark very strange, and the only difference between Giant Monster News and Starfield is that there are leaks about Starfield, but not Giant Monster News. Hmm. Do you think... Okay, so what I'm thinking, if you ask me, Starfield is the big game, Giant Monster News is some small spin-off mobile thing. That That's what I'm generally taking away from it, at least first impressions. I haven't looked at this at all. But mm-hmm. 
I don't imagine a game being called Giant Monster News. That sounds more like a smaller-scale thing. But I'd also want to check, for example, does Bethesda have Galaxy News Radio trademarked? You know, because, like, it, can you trademark an in-game radio station? Do they hmm. have the the Diamond City Radio trademark? It's like, that's what I'd want to look up because I feel like there'd be a crossover and you could see, like, okay... This is something just in the game, because maybe this giant monster news is just something, we'll say, hypothetically, in Starfield. Or is it something on its own rights, a mobile game? You know, I, I don't know what the fuck a mobile game called Giant Monster News would be, but <laughs> you know, it, there, it, it could be something like that. Or it could have nothing to do with it at all, but Giant Monster, just, I feel like, in space, multiple races, monsters could be normal. You know, like these, you know, like aliens, creepy looking things, like in a Star Wars movie or something like that, um, where maybe a monster hosts a radio show or a news show. That would actually be an interesting concept. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm spitballing right now to tell you the truth because I had no idea about this. Um, but that's definitely, I'm surprised no one's talking about that. I wonder if it's because yeah. that could be a surprise. And, um, you know, speaking of that, E3 itself, you know, Bethesda, or not Bethesda, Pete Hines, actually, he said that this is going to be their longest conference yet, or at least he thinks it will be. Um, he's not sure, but it's packed. And he said he's very excited for it. This is following comments a couple weeks ago about how um, they have lots of new projects, lots of new games, um, and there's going to be big reveals at this E3. So, like, if I'm being completely honest, I'm not saying this for the sake of hype, but I look at E3 15, 16, 17. And all I've ever seen Pete Hines express then, aside from 15, I feel, because it was their first one, was nerves. And I think even in 15 there were nerves. I, I, I always saw like him say, like, yeah, it's nervous. Or he'd say, like, I hope I don't stutter out there. Or he'd say something along those lines, almost in jest. This is, like, the first time I feel, and I'm going off of memory, so someone can correct me, that I've seen Pete Hines go... Like, yo, it's packed. We have a lot of shit. I think people are going to be happy. Like, it's a different approach to their E3. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anyone agree? I, I agree, but I think that it also might just indicate the fact that we were all so disappointed with the last one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm. I think that they're – I don't think they're that dumb to ignore the last one. I think they even – I think you've even said that there's been times where they've admitted, yeah, it was lackluster. So I, I – I, and that doesn't mean they're not bringing stuff. What I'm saying is there's a very good chance they are because of that. And because of, you know, you want to make sure you show your good stuff. Maybe you were going to announce something early, but you're like, you know what? E3 is the best time to do this, what have you. But I think that um, confidence is great and everything. I, I think what really happens is that when you dive into things like the patents and you dive into that kind of stuff, the way those are done, it doesn't really matter what the name is. It could mean, it, 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 it it's usually not that connected even to what the end result's going to be. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. So it's like we never quite know um, what they're talking about. But also, when I sit back, and you know me, because I, I stated this prior to the... I, I think in the last podcast I stated this, is like their high level of response doesn't surprise me to Twitters and stuff, to just put another side onto the entire topic for a second. Because I feel that Bethesda has in a weird way, work themselves into a corner with their high level of response to everything. So if they don't respond 
if they don't tweet, if they don't joke, people think that means they're for sure doing something. And then you build up a negativity if they don't announce something. And if they do respond, then we're all reverse image clicking and like looking at uh, <laughs> what their stuff yeah, is. Yeah, and I agree so, with that. I, I feel like Bethesda does have a, a very unique community. It's why I love it. I love the, the deep yeah. searching and, and, and the community makes jokes on how deep we search. That's why I make speculation jokes all the time. Um, but I feel like that's with any um, game company that has like a strong mm. following. Not as I don't think anyone's has that type of Bethesda fandom. That's like let's reverse search these images. Let's look for hidden <laughs> things in the. Well, in sorry, the I was talking about the tweet. Th- those guys, okay. those guys okay. are nothing like any other PR guys. I yes. mean, they're they blather all the time, so it's hard to know because they're just always blathering. It's mm-hmm. like you know, Pete's a smart ass here, then he's this here, and we were j- joking because, like, he said something, and then the next day, he's like, I don't remember what I said. Yeah. You're like, okay. And so He kind of did it some, again when you when you really look hard at it. He kind of did, it exactly. Like, it's like, it's our longest showcase, I think. It's like... That's exactly what it? I was going to return around, is if you actually read that, it's like, it's our longest, maybe, perhaps, and you're all... Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you said, they're not easy, right? No, he said it's something. A, it's a good point. They're not easy. Real quick, there, he, he mentioned in a tweet previously, a few days before that, someone was just asking him, uh, is, it, is the E3 conference going to be long enough for friends and, and snacks, or should I just watch it quickly? And he, re- he replied back, friends and snacks. So he said a few times, it seems, that it's going to be a long, big, uh, big conference for him. I mean, oh, see, now I'm digging back. Because there was this <laughs> one tweet that, that I never talked about because I just thought they were being facetious. And... Um, I think someone said like, "How long will this conference be to Bethesda?" And they're like, "Twice the fun or something." And it had like a a, a steer a spearmint like stick of gum or something like that. <laughs> and, I was, and everyone's like, "Yo, Maddie, the show's gonna be twice as long." I'm like, "Guys, I think they're just kind of kidding around saying their show's gonna gonna be fun. They're trying to just pump them up without saying it." But then you look at what Pete Hines said about it being their longest, maybe. It's like that <laughs> previous tweet makes a little more sense now. What I was going to go on to is we got all these pictures and sure we could draw them to game or multiple games but the other thing, and we were talking about this before the show, is themes. Some people believe because there were three pictures in pink and then two that actually indefinitely had to do with rage that maybe the three in pink were some type of theme. And so the themes were Big Ben, which is time. Then we had the rocket space and then, Carrick, I think you hit the nail on the head with the the travel, the passing almost, with um, the Shibuya Crossing photo. So let's say these are the themes. What game would it be for? It's, the only thing I could think of is Starfield, but I feel like we might be taking a, a bit too close of a look at it, if I'm honest. Uh, also, I think maybe we're, um, if, if you do crossing and not traffic or not travel... Mm-hmm. And you actually take the word of the place crossing. You could have like, I mean, you could have a weird game where it involves like time and space being broken. They did Prey, which had some weird stuff. Like it doesn't. Starfield doesn't necessarily have to be what I always want it to be, which is Firefly in space. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, Firefly was already in space, but you know what I mean. Firefly, Fallout Four, all in space. Um, it doesn't necessarily even need to be that. And again, those names are fucked up because they'll say it's one thing. The name is just there as a. You know, this is what we might. This is what we were thinking about at the time. This is what we called it. So it's like it would be awesome if they did something. I want Starfield, and I want what I want, 
nothing almost ever works out that way. But it would be really cool if we got a game that was like, I mean, some kind of space travel with like, you know, weird events where time is crossing over the top of each other. RPG where like you spend half your time in medieval, then suddenly you're in the future, then you're oh. in post apocalypse like, and and your characters carry over weird. Sh- I mean, there could be. Huh. It, it, they're the one company, despite me disliking a number of elements to whatever games they are, that I still like their games overall usually, mm-hmm. and that they can probably pull that off, or they could pull it off. They could pull off something where they're like, you know what? We don't want to do Elder Scrolls because that's fantasy. We don't want to do just futuristic because there's Mass Effect. We don't want to do post-apocalyptic because there's Fallout. So what we're gonna do. Is we're going to do this one that, yeah. And the idea of, like, traveling back and forth. I mean, there could be some crazy shit. Imagine, like, traveling from the past to the future and the settlement you built, a town. Or, again, don't want to tell anybody that I'm saying this is happening because that's a big jump in technology. But it would still be really fucking cool. (laughs) I would would die to see that. That As as we're recording this show, it's 5.08. Bethesda has made it a thing to post at 5.14 when it comes to this teaser, so I'm sure during this show we might get a little bit more info to talk about, but for now I'd say hypothetically speaking let's go with what it it seems to be at least, which is Rage 2 all of us have played Rage, so I'd like to hear what you guys would like to see if there is a sequel to this game from 2010 whoever would like to go Go ahead. go ahead Skulls um well, this is going to be kind of based off just my analyzation of that spaceship picture. If it, if the spaceship picture is uh, anything related to Rage 2, which it might not be, one would question how would it fit into the Rage universe because Rage happened after uh, the asteroid already hit Earth. Um, mm-hmm. So I would think maybe something prequel. And that could tie into why you see these Rage characters amongst people with cell phones and who look like they're nor- living a normal life. Okay. Maybe it could be... Shortly after the bomb or after the asteroid fell, I wanted to say bombs. Damn it, Fallout! <laughs> it's very similar to Fallout when I was revising it. Outside of the asteroids, it's like they built arcs, like shelters. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah, okay. right, right. And the same thing, like when he walks out of the ark and he like puts his hand up in the sun, he's like, "Oh, it's so bright." I'm like, Fallout Four intro. That's very similar. <laughs> oh, dude, there were so many. I mean, there's a, a number of themes that are identical. On those two games, yeah. When you look at them, it's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, and that's that's what I was thinking. That it at least says that we probably won't get anything Fallout related if it's yeah. if it's Rage related. But yeah, I'd um, I'd like to see if it's not a Rage prequel, just a uh, a more modern version of Rage because I did enjoy the game, I did enjoy the setting. So just to see it more modernized and maybe a uh, that mass texturization mm-hmm. uh, that we were talking about earlier. Mass yeah, seeing that again, except you know better. I'd be I'd, I'd just love to see that. So no matter what it is Rage-related, I'd like to revisit the Rage uh, franchise, and I'd like to see it have another chance, because I think it deserves it, despite what people say about it. Yes. I, I mean, I agree. I really enjoyed the, the first Rage. Um, I, I've said it in multiple videos. Even before all this teases, I was like, it, it's got some really fun gadgets, like the boomerang, where if you throw it, it hits their chest, it gets stuck, but if you hit them in the head, it cuts right through, and it comes back to you. It's stuff like that, throwing <laughs> down a turret. Really satisfying gunplay, almost creepy elements when you uh, get attacked by those mutated-looking creatures. I forgot what they were called. Yeah. Um, the the RC car. It's just a fun game. You know, the, the story is pretty aimless and it has an awful ending, which is why I'm like, how are they doing a sequel? But you could be on to something with a prequel. But yeah, it, it's such a fun time. 
And I feel like id, if they did anything right with Doom, it was they made it fun as fuck. And so if they just take that fun factor and throw it into Rage again, I'd really like to see what they do. But that's if it is making it. I, I'm personally under the impression I don't see why id in their right mind would go, Alright, Doom was really successful, let's go back to Rage from like eight years ago. That just right. doesn't make sense to me. Um, business-wise, I, I feel like it would make sense to make a, a Doom 2, um, which is why I think Rage 2 is happening. I just think it's under a different company. Well, Matty, I, I, I guess, and I agree with you, the one thing that keeps being argued to me correctly, by the way, uh, is that Prey returned, and it didn't do. It didn't really set the world on fire. Mm. So, so but the original. can't take a chance. On. So they may, yeah, yeah. And also, I, I do want to say, I don't know about what you guys think about this, but one thing that does, it doesn't confuse me or worry me, but it makes me think about uh, the same thing Skulls was saying. It's like, are we going to see, you know, would it be Fallout at all if it was a Rage? You know, how much overlap is there? If rage, Fallout, those aren't the only post-apocalyptic. You also have, again, the Metro, but then you have a game that only lately has really caught on huge, and it's a lot of it's because of Game Pass and stuff like that, but Mad Max. So Mad Max is like, hmm. there's a resurgence, it's selling well, and they, they're like, now we're super happy with the sales. That's also post-apocalyptic. Elix is actually one I Elix, know a little bit about. Oh, Elix, I really adored, even though it had issues. That fucking game, it, it out-fallouts hmm. Fallout in multiple, multiple different elements. Borderlands 3 is another post-apocalyptic series. That's probably there's another one that was mentioned. Mm. Yeah, so, it, so that's one reason why I think if we get anything that does have any fallout elements it may be like time travel thing or it may be where it's not the main focus if it is the main focus then it might be like a doom where it's not even really hub based but it's more of a doom shooter and i'm not i know this sounds bad but i sort of like doom for a very specific reason the demons and the weird powers they have i'm not 100 percent sure if they just grab doom and jumped it into rage and post-apocalyptic if i would be as into it i don't maybe that's just me Hmm. but see because i think if anything in in retrospect what doom could be missing and this might be because i I love ratchet and clank so i love my weapons and my gadgets not just my weapons where doom had awesome weapons rage has awesome gadgets i'd love to see them say like okay we got the cool post-apocalyptic gadgets and and we have the fast running gun maybe not as fast because i don't think it would make sense in doom combine (laughs) those elements and see what happens um especially because rage had car combat and mad max had car combat mad max did car combat in an excellent fashion um so it's like it seems as if rage would have a lot to balance and a lot to compete with to stand out not that i don't think bethesda wouldn't do it exactly but it's about Mm. the theme that's the biggest question i think if people saw for sure this is post-apocalyptic we know okay this is definitely rage but we haven't seen anything that looks like and the world's over. It's all we've seen life, if anything. That's why I think Skullsy's onto something about maybe it being a prequel uh, before the asteroids hit. And then, what exactly are they doing during this period in time? Because my thing was like, you know, are we even seeing, or, or not? Are we? Are the people in the trailer actually even seeing those rage characters? Because it looked like they just didn't blend in. They looked CGI. Um, mm-hmm. It didn't look like a natural fit where I was like, you know, are they actually there or is this trailer going to be like, oh, plot twist, it's actually something else? I don't think so, but um, it's just a possibility. You know, Bethesda's doing a good job, and I wonder, did they have this planned? Did 
you know, did they know the Walmart leak was coming? Like, what? What? I don't were think they, they did. It's like, what did they do? Because this clearly they're showing pieces of a trailer, so had to have had that in production for at least some time. It's like, hmm. What are they exactly yeah. doing? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, there's no. There's. I, I don't think there's a company big enough to dictate to Walmart to make a mistake publicly. Publicly. So I think it's most likely they were working on stuff, and then you get your shit shown. Uh, Microsoft's had issues with this with uh, particular leakers where they're prepared ahead of time, and when a leaker does happen, they're you know in some way prepared for what to say. You know, and also you have PR people who they get paid for this. Like, oh shit, our data got out. What do we do? Well, let's do. Let's roll with it. What have you? So I really haven't seen like a spe- except for the trailer bits. I haven't seen anything that's been spectacular. Like you said, Photoshop a little bit. Like yeah. pink Photoshop splash, so it really hasn't been anything that you or I couldn't do if we were a little more skilled on Photoshop, <laughs> except for like you said, where it looks like trailer bits are happening, but we're near e three anyway, so it certainly does look like it also is there a is there this strange chance that like you know rage is rage is starfield they're like and and we're getting them separated. And thinking that they're different things, and it's like it's not going to turn out to be the same thing. Was Starfield Rage in the future that they had planned? And you know, you never yeah. quite know. A lot of people have been wondering: is is Starfield and Rage one in the like, same? Is this the yeah game? sort of one in the same? Yeah. Um, and just for an update, although after people see this show as a recording, it's five seventeen, and Bethesda hasn't posted anything. The only move they have made, which we talked about this before the show but now it's past 514, I think it holds a little more significance, is that they pinned, out of all tweets, the rocket ship. Hmm. I I don't know if this one's going to hold any significance, or maybe only thing I could really think of, uh, if I'm looking deep into it, is multiple photos, and then one of them's like the real teaser. Like, this is what we're true. actually teasing. Yeah, true. So... I don't know, but um, I, I'm personally excited for the idea of a Rage 2. I've always enjoyed that universe. I thought it had fun mini games too, um, like the, the knife in the hands and the, um, the. I think there was like a rally racing thing that you could do. Um, yeah. I, I just think there was a lot of room to grow, and I feel like with the push for video games, it, it can get a little tiresome, if I'm all honest. I love my stories in my video games, but it feels like every game's trying to tell this emotionally impactful story, but... I feel like with the way the industry's trending that Rage will try to do something a little more gritty or serious or at least gripping that I, I think it's a good series to give a chance out of anything they have. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised it's happening, but I am not going to argue it because I love Rage. At least, I wouldn't say, yeah, I love Rage. Rage <laughs> <is> fun. <laughs> but um, that'll do it for Rage too, unless anyone has any additional thoughts. Um, I have one small little thing. Um, they one thing Bethesda's been doing when when they've been tweeting all these weird tweets and pictures is they've they've been saying uh, like their theme for this E3 seems to be breaking the boundaries, right? Mm. Um, I almost wonder if that is what the spaceship is representative of breaking the boundary. Like people are breaking the boundary of what they thought was possible mm. going into space, and then maybe the crosswalk. 
I know this is going to be some deep tinfoil hat speculation, but the crosswalk makes you think of like a boundary, right? This is where you are. This is where you cross. Uh, and it was kind of colored out with all the pink, like the boundary's gone. I don't know. I think I'm just speculating a little too deep. Yeah, but, but it's, it's, there's clearly like some type of theme here. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. say you're speculating too deep. It, it, I think Bethesda wants us to go there or they're enticing us to go there at the very least. The other thing is, is that there was a Doom figure given out as a gift and it was a, a pink one. So it seems like there's been this pink theme going on with Bethesda in general. Um, but the difference is that before all the previous E3s, we, like, we knew the theme. Like last year, it was all about being under the stars and star this, star that. And so like the presentation was that way. The invitation was that way. But when we received the invitation for 2018, it was just a standard E3 invitation. There wasn't anything specific about it, anything stand out about it it was it was just that you know it, it, and, and if anything it didn't show any pink it, it was more like a a nightlife kind of photo um so the pink seems to be like a r- recent thing and if anything i feel pink might have to do with some type of art style something stylistic with the game I, i'm not saying you're gonna be running around and like neon pink's gonna be following you or it's gonna be fucking splatoon i'm just saying i feel like it's a sign of maybe like a graffiti, some type of grittiness, right? something like that in Rage, if it ends up being Rage, which I think it's going to be. Um, I feel like it's got to do something with the art, something with the style of the game. Hmm. That's just me, though. Yeah. And now we move on over to the other side of the spectrum from Rage to Starfield. So Starfield showed a sign of life this past week as well, went a little bit under the radar with all of the Bethesda teasing, but little did we know, it was already under the radar for about a month plus, as this was back April 4th that they had a third extension granted for the Starfield trademark. The last time that it actually showed any signs of life was September of last year. Now, this is, we were talking tinfoil hat speculation earlier. This is, I think, tinfoil hat. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Put on your dip waders. Yeah, Pete Hines said... Yeah, we started work on E3 in September of 2017 for this coming E3. I was like, fuck, that was the last time they extended the Starfield license. Um, and then on top of that, there was an update for their store. So that connects to the trademarking that we were talking about that was updated for their store. Um, or rather, the trademark was for clothing. Um, so it's all connected, and now we're seeing a sign of life just before E3. And I have to wonder... You know, what's going on there? And and with that said, some people might think that the, the clues have to be under our nose no matter what. Like, if Bethesda's doing anything, it has to be out there. But a friend of mine had actually shown me that Star, uh, or Fallout Shelter's trademark wasn't registered until the day of E3 itself. So it was something that happened, like, during the show. They were like, boom. And it went right under everybody because it was too late for anyone to notice and the game had already happened, so there were no secrets to hide. So with that said, trademark update for Starfield. Any thoughts on this? Go ahead, Skulls. Um, you know, that's... Like, like this trademark thing is so hard to fully decipher. Like Pete Hines says, we don't know what that is. We don't know who's working on it. We don't know what game it is. And then, like I mentioned, this this giant monster news thing, yeah, that's that's a weird name for a game. But then, then again, how often is the trademark name exactly whatever the right, thing yes. is? Yeah, I, I don't think Starfield's going to be the name of the actual game. In fact, it sounds a smidge cheesy. Like, if it actually was called Starfield, I wouldn't be upset, but I don't think Bethesda's going to call it Starfield. 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it would be called. I don't. I'm not. Someone is going to come up with a cooler sci-fi name, but that's just my take. Character. <laughs> what do you think about the Starfield extension, though? Um, I mean, I don't jump into the patent stuff much anymore because mm-hmm. it's the majority is always wrong. Like, there's only a small minority that are going to be right about something or close. The rest of us are just going to do analysis videos. I don't know as much as you guys do about Fallout or Bethesda or anything like that. So I don't really dump into these or jump into these. I also don't with companies I do follow like Microsoft and stuff because I've seen... I, I don't know if you guys remember, but PS4 had a patent for selling you McDonald's through their, their PS camera. So wow. it's like... Yeah, so you have no fucking clue what's real and what's not. I agree totally. We call it Starfield. Won't be called Starfield. It could be, but it would be weird. Most of the time it'll be, you know, whether they call it like Galaxy Planes or whatever, and they slightly change it. Um, All I know is what I want. And what I really want is I would love for the event to happen, them to show us whatever we expect. I'm sure they're not going to ignore Creator Club at E3 or anything like that. We'll see. You said that in your Discord. You're like, I don't think they're just going to magically pretend it doesn't exist. So we'll have those kind of things. I would love for it to be like Rage uh, at an end trailer like show something but the main event be about starfield and th- that would I, I would be so happy if that happened like if i i, I don't want to get too excited about bethesda's e3 in particular because they've never really held up for me but starfield is something that i absolutely would want mass effect being my one of my favorite series of all time mm-hmm. so Ooh, major respect there i love yeah, mass effect um, it's like it's pretty much one of the things that got me into like some of the walking the walk videos I do. I just fucking want it so bad, and I I think they're the company that could do it in a different way than Mass Effect with the more you know cluttered worlds that they do and the you know the, the unique things that they have to offer. I don't know, man. It's the thing is, is it's like at some point I just stop even guessing because there's so much crap out there that it's hard for me to even sort of parse it and say, this is what they said versus this is what some YouTuber said on, on a, you know, and when talking about it. So it's like, I don't know. I just know what I want, which is Firefly and Fallout mixed together. This trademark extension, I don't think there's much to go on yet because we've, we've talked about the trademark quite a bit um, other than just knowing it's still in existence. And I think Pete Hines' comments, if anything, offered more about that, but we already went in on that. So we can move on now to what I believe is a little bit more interesting, and that is going to be something that you discovered, Skolzy, Um, something that completely shocked the hell out of me. So why don't you go ahead and take that one away? (laughs) Okay, so this is something that um, I came across a few days ago. Even though it's obviously we're not going to see Elder Scrolls Six for a long time, which is the official story, I still live in the land of... Hope and speculation, and I Google for that every day, and I found something. Um, I had to translate this website. I'm not exactly certain what language it was in previously, but it's talking about a Canadian, and here we are back in Canada again, uh, a Canadian toy and merchandise manufacturer that mentioned um, the Elder Scrolls Six being in some type of production stage, early production stage, and they had um, a line of merchandise that they were going to announce or were supposed to start talking about in April, uh, which was last month, it's now May, and we haven't heard anything about that. But it talks about that somebody, uh, if you look into this further, there is a Discord conversation with this company, and someone saw the Elder Scrolls Six mentioned as a future thing that they already had lined up, and uh, they took screenshots of the conversation. And there is um, 
I guess I have like the PowerPoint presentation screenshot here, but all it says is two little blue blocks. It says in development, and it says the Elder Scrolls Six, and then I get, it gives some type of number. I don't know if that's a patent number, but yeah, this is. Uh, it's always interesting when we get something Elder Scrolls Six related, um, and again, it's something mysterious, and again, it's something in Canada. So I don't know what this really means, other than if this is true, it does confirm that Elder Scrolls Six is alive back there behind all the Starfield speculation. Yeah waste or the toys <laughs> yeah always the merchandise through bethesda right if it's not clothing or something it's something else it seems so it's hard to say um like i say with any of these leaks we have to approach it with the uh with the filter of like a prosecuting attorney and assume that the leak is false until mm-hmm. it's proven true um i would love to see the elder scroll six but i would also love to see starfield uh, so yeah it doesn't confirm anything but it is interesting and if it's true it does confirm that the Elder Scrolls 6 is back there somewhere what do you guys think about this see the thing with Bethesda and Elder Scrolls 6 is they're usually you know for example I'll go back to that interview I used for Rage and the Evil Within and talking about a sequel where they're like do you think the Evil Within sold well enough uh, to beat Heinz uh to make a sequel and they're like absolutely and then he goes well what about Rage and Keaton goes I think so so I feel like we were talking about how the PR can kind of be uh, messy that you either get a response or you don't and then you think further because of that but I feel like when they tell us something that's that's the truth um, I feel feel with Elder Scrolls 6 they were honest they were like we're going to do it um, just not now and I feel like since that was Todd's last appearance during E3 2016, when they were already showcasing something for Fallout 4, that why would they talk about Elder Scrolls 6 and start preparing the teases for then? I don't think they thought, like, okay, we're going to say this now so that in 2018, when people are speculating about this, they'll go back, dig up this interview, and see what we're saying. So I I feel like with Elder Scrolls 6, they're being transparent that it's not in development, so I, Mm. I don't think it's real. But when I see on Reset Era... Uh, a leaker claim, and a guy who's an administrator on Reset Era nonetheless claim, you know, there's going to be an announcement at Bethesda's showcase that's going to knock people out of their seats. It's like, that's the only thing I can think of because no one thinks it's coming, myself included. I don't think Elder Scrolls Six is coming, so that's the only thing. Like, if they did a trailer for that, I'd be like, what the fuck? Are you serious? <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my personal take on this bit of news. Okay. Eric? Uh, I don't, I know, I know what we're talking about with like posters, posting stuff on forums. So I'll keep my opinions to myself about, about that kind of stuff. But I think overall, the easiest way for me to describe it is whenever anybody says anything, like it'll knock your socks off or uh, you'll fall out of your seats. What they like and are excited about is in no way, shape or form connected to what I do. And what I may like. And so I don't know enough about any individual leaker, if they're a true leaker, which they aren't, if they're doing that, then it's it's hard to even know what they're even talking about. So it's like, you, it could be that would knock people, it would knock people, you know, out of their seats. But to me, it wouldn't because it's Elder Scrolls. Of course, they're working on one. So that then you're talking to two different distinct groups. You, which you're taking it, as a fan uh, who understands and follows Bethesda, who understands they've said no. They've said no. But then the random gamer, they don't know this shit. They have no no clue what we're talking about. And so when Bethesda shows up, what would knock them 
on their ass. That's what's more important to me is is not necessarily me because I'm a different kind of gamer. You are too. There's different people you may know or not know or you may just pay more attention. I'm more interested in what would like knock people's socks off. To me, if, if Elder Scrolls came out, I think it m- might knock both of our socks off for different reasons. You, because you thought they weren't going to do it. But me, because I want Skyrim too, as, as I keep <laughs> calling it. You know, whatever you want to call it. So it, it, it re- I really never follow the leakers that much, and especially when you get thousands of people a day posting some vague hint. Mm-hmm. And the vague hints could be that someone gave them a vague hint that said the exact same thing. I just, I don't know. Like, I saw that. I saw it posted. And I was like, whatever. I mean, I've been there hundreds of times where people have supposedly been in the know and been banned later. And because they didn't, you know, and they, they I'm not saying that person did at all. I'm just saying, I, I don't know what to trust on a forum of all places, right? Yeah. Like, because you're not, you're not putting your ass out like a video. You know, if you put a video out, you may do some um, tin foil, but you always are very careful because you don't want to get destroyed. Yeah. And it sounds like Skulls has got it as well, where you can get attacked <laughs> if you're not, you know, you're not sort of careful on those kind of things. But sometimes on a forum, people just blah, 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 and you're all, okay, whatever. Yeah. So to me, I don't care what they say. I would care more about, like, well, what you guys say, because I think overall you guys are Bethesda-focused, so you may track these things a little better. But I um, think you're totally on the right track. I think it's it's less of Elder Scrolls Six because of what you said, where what would blow, not just Bethesda fans, like they think of the gamer, right? It's not yeah. just like, they'll think of their community, I imagine, but what would blow everyone away? And it's like, right. it'd be something unexpected. And that's which, what I'm, that's why when you said Danganronpa, I was like, um, wait a maybe. minute, maybe. <laughs> like, what would blow people, What if, if we pretend that's a real tweet or post i'm sorry and, and it's gonna blow people away normally it would have to be something of that level right like it would have to be something mm-hmm. that was so gnarly that we all just sat there and went the fu-? like final fantasy remake even though yeah it's not being yeah. remade technically but yeah it, 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 that's what interests me more like is maybe the, the normal fan i feel like it'd be something you'd never associate bethesda with exactly like we see them reviving old franchises they're all kind of grittier first person shooters or something along those lines and then all of a sudden they're making a superhero yeah. game it's like what and oh. the pink <laughs> reminded me of a game you like it, and it's not owned by them but it reminded me of sunset overdrive yeah and the pink the, and and I, my mm-hmm. brain and you somebody said splatoon and my so my brain was like what would throw people for a like what old ip maybe they found in somebody's fucking files you know, yeah. did they grab and it just it's great leisure suit Larry. You know, it's like something <laughs> nobody expects. And you're like, what the fuck? That to me, far more expi- exciting than anything else is that kind of element when you think about it. Hmm. Yeah. As for the toy store thing, I mean, couldn't anyone just make a a toy store slide and just say, like, hey, they did this. Like how do you Exactly yeah. and has any proof or source? Uh, it's from Reset Era, so if we go off wow, what they yeah. say, yeah, lately. yeah. Um, one thing about the Reset Era thing, I'd love to believe it, but this brings me back to something in high school. I had a friend. There's a website called GTA Unleashed. Actually, this may have been before high school, but he was trolling the site saying he was a Rockstar developer and he had inside information about the next game, and he convinced them somehow that he had this information, and the whole website was backing these posts he was saying. So you got to remember the websites want their shared publicity as well, and they may not necessarily be like knowingly faking this stuff. 
uh, but they may be excited just as much as we are and saying, hey, not only is, do we have inside information, but it's only on our site. So this could not only get, get the community excited, but they're going to come to our site and we're going to be in the news and this and that. So they have a, they have a, a hand to play as well, um, at, at least when it comes to that kind of thing. I don't know about you guys. Another thing I truly have noticed that has turned out to be true is occasionally you'll get uh, a channel who, uh, not a channel, I'm sorry, a website, who will hold on to data until it's verified and then show it. Red Dead Redemption 2 in particular. There was a website that had held on to a lot of leaks that they got and waited until those first trailers came out. And we're like, well, it is right. Here's the information we got, not only to prove that what they said was correct about what you just saw in the trailer, but additionally what they also said. And I think that that's a really good way to handle things, to like yeah. hold back until you have some way to say, okay, that's that's actually correct with what you know this person emailed me or sent me or what have you, then this other stuff has a at least a higher chance of being correct. But what hmm. he was talking about with ins fake insiders, it's it, there's a lot of troll websites by the way that that's a big deal to them. Like it is very fun for them to make accounts. They're very good at it to make it look real. Blurb stuff. It also doesn't mean we're not looking at astroturfers where they're paid for PR by companies to drum up. And that's legit advertising. That That's the new thing now. So we have no clue if that's it, too. Hey, guys, I heard this rumor. You're like, oh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of the Kotaku script leak for Fallout 4. It was like right mm. after Survivor 2299. I was like, I want to believe this, but I can't. Like, I wholeheartedly cannot after everything that happened. And I was like, I'll, I'll wait. And when Fallout 4 was revealed officially, first thing I did was I'm going back to those scripts and seeing what's there. And little did we know that they ended up being real. And not only that, it was the demo that they showed with the the Minutemen and everything, like the initial intro of Fallout 4. So, gotcha. you know, mm-hmm. that, that's also helpful in a weird way. It's like it comes out early and then you go back later and check up on it. Like, I, I guarantee if Starfield is real and it comes out this year... There was an old post on, was it 4chan? It was something that had like a Bethesda timeline. They were like Elder Scrolls Six, uh, Greenheart, or something like that. And, and like, it had stuff dated all the way to like 2030, like a Bethesda timeline, including all these different games. And it, I guarantee if it's accurate once, give it some time. You know, people will play the, the next game on the timeline, and then they'll start speculating, and that will return. Always happens yeah, without sure. mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's the thing with these these leaks or supposed leaksters. You don't know if someone just put out like a, a timeline, and you can logically deduce to some extent what Bethesda's up to, and make your own timeline, and then post that and pretend you're someone else. And then if you're right, suddenly you look like, well, he he was right, so he must know what's next too. It's like, is that actually the case, or was it just someone who had a lucky guess? And then what happens afterwards? It's also completely not the case, as you know, Maddie. There's games that uh, worked on right up until almost release and then get canceled. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, what are you saying if you're talking three years prior? If you're talking about a rock star, there's a chance whatever you're seeing is might be real because they do work on games for a long period of time. Yeah. But a lot of times, if you're seeing something way early, you just be like, uh-uh. Because the companies, a lot of times... They're in the preliminary phases of just random discussion, and the game will be nothing. You talk to any developer, and they'll tell you. They'll be like, the game was nothing like we had originally planned. Nothing. 
there's you know huge swaths of difference. Look at Mass Effect Andromeda for the best example of that. Mm-hmm. That's a major company, and if you want to understand the differences of what it was going to be or at the very starting to what came out, No Man's Sky, <laughs> less less positive of a uh, of a discussion, <laughs> but that also is the same way where the length of time of a leak also changes just because. Also, you can say something that's untrue Monday and Thursday they prove you right and. You can pretend and be like, "Yeah, I knew it all along." It's like, "Did yeah. you really?" <laughs> so it's 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 awesome to follow. I mean, that's what's cool about gaming, and certainly Bethesda stuff is that um, people are that excited about it, which is cool. There's some cynicism, but what I like about it is there's rarely the same kind of cynicism that uh, exists around, let's say, a Mass Effect and a big company. Bethesda is considered a little bit more in the know with how people and what people are going to accept like microtransactions or well greater club notwithstanding yeah, weird say. shit there i mean I, a, every, see, there's always a caveat <laughs> this is, yeah it's always a caveat with Bethesda because that's the strange thing is we have this company that creation club they looked out of touch as fuck you know did, did they restart because this is more in touch marketing they're interacting with the community yeah it's teasing right. images it's getting you involved it's, it's pulling people in who didn't give a fuck about rage until a week ago um because they just want to be in on that bethesda excitement in the way that they're mm-hmm. marketing it so um do you think maybe they saw what happened with creation club and they saw a chance to turn a corner here sure yeah so, you know in my opinion as far as i'm concerned you know, I felt Bethesda was a very different company at that point in time. They were making greedy, uh, just careless moves one after the other. And it, it was not the Bethesda I became a fan of. This is more like the Bethesda I became a fan of. Like, joking about rumors. You know, the interviews with Pete Hines, teasing, <clears throat> and then these images. That community interaction is what's always made Bethesda better than, uh, or more fun to watch and pay attention to than other companies in my opinion so oh, i agree yeah it's like with that being said do you, do you think they, they're kind of trying to rebound here Skolzy? oh definitely I, I definitely think so and i think it kind of starts i don't know exactly when they did that uh did this campaign but the hashtag save player one campaign mm-hmm. they did that perfect timing when there's a lot of stuff going on about ea and a lot of stuff going on uh, I, I believe it was about battlefront at the time yeah um so they're they're definitely have their finger on the pulse when it comes to not only what's hated in the gaming industry, but also what people are saying about them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with you completely that not only are they trying to turn things around with the C3, but they seem pretty confident that they're doing that. And I am super excited to, to see what they have in store for us. Yeah, man, I mean, we're what? We're less than a month away. I think it's like three weeks now. Like, we're oh, yeah. very, very, very close. It's it's getting, it's getting real. So my question is to kind of, I don't know if wrap this up or if we'll just keep going, but out of all games, why kickstart this with Rage 2? I mean, the only thing I can think exactly. of is you, you look you. at how much excitement mm. it's building for some folks and how much attention it's bringing to the show, and it's like they haven't even shown their ace card. So is that well, why they start with it? or I don't think they did. I do believe that they're reacting to Walmart. I mean, I it would be really crazy for them to say, hey, Walmart, Canada, fuck up your website so we can all do this yeah. thing together. <laughs> it's possible, but that seems like a stretch even for Bethesda. Mm. <laughs> but hey, you know, maybe maybe he's just sitting back there going like, "I got an idea. Let's fuck with everybody all I'd, over the world." I'd believe it more if there wasn't like ten other games leaked, because then they'd be jeopardizing other companies, and that'd be what. 
something that's else. In, that's incredibly correct. Um, like for Forza Horizon, they would have to make sure with Microsoft it was okay to pretend that they were skipping a sequel. Like there's all kinds of crazy shit you yeah. get yourself in trouble for. Um, but I think that they, I think that yeah, they are probably more along the lines of responding with what's happened around them. They they do watch what's going on with Creator Club. I don't think that's going away. I think that it's best for Bethesda fans to understand that they're a company as well. And they mm. and their job is to make money regardless of if they're buddy-buddy with anybody. So it's once you understand that, you can sort of see it makes sense for them to fix their PR a little bit because they have some oddities. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Creator Club, man, that was... I mean, that's pretty much when I came, started really coming on the channel, I think, was a little prior. I came on the channel a little prior to that, but I remember Lone and you and I was just like it was just Creator Club. It's fucking Creator Club, Creator Club. So anybody watching the news is like, God damn! Like if you work at Bethesda, you're like, fuck, we need to switch shit now. Yeah. So I think it's a mixture of the two. But I don't. I would never consider this leak like indicative of their pattern. They're responding because of that leak. I don't think they started it or anything, and I think that they're just being smart about it and trying to be jokey too, trying to you know, try, it, trying to odd, not be so serious. Because Rage was never even a funny game. Like it, all these themes, oh, just thank go you against. What <laughs> so that's what I was. Is. That's what I was going to bring up. It the reason why I was saying all this was because of all the games that you really want people to be excited about. Not to be rude, I said this as a starting. Is it Rage? Really? Because mm. it didn't come out to critical success or financial success until, as you said, when you, when they asked him and he said, you know, has Rage sold enough for a sequel? And maybe. And you're like, mm, that doesn't sound like you're hot to trot for that title yeah. either. Fans, I know you liked it, it sounds like. I liked Elements, sounds like Skulls likes it. But mm-hmm. overall, not to be rude, that is one of the weaker titles yeah. they've ever released. And so it is weird. Like, to have them be like, it's all about rage now, and you're all... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think what's going to happen is, I think there is a chance for excitement, for renewal of the series, and for people to get behind it, but the issue also arises that people are going to think, this is the big announcement, it's not. Right. They're going to think, think this. it's way too early for it to be the big announcement. I know we said, oh, it's three weeks away, but for, for E3 in general, that three weeks is early. Um... I think that they're hiding what they really want to surprise us with, and they're probably thinking, all right, we've gauged interest with probably our weakest title on the list. That's a fucking job well done, you know? But the other thing that I think will work against this is people want a BGS title. So I think people will see Rage 2 and instantly be skewed because, well, this isn't Starfield. This isn't Fallout or whatever. Um, The other thing I was thinking of when it comes to Rage is I don't want to fully rule out the idea that a new Fallout game can happen this year. I really don't, because hmm. it sold so well. And that's my only reasoning. I know I should have more than that, but I look at it and I go, God damn, like $25 plus million, and you're trying to tell me they're just going to say, mm. like we just talked about, they're a business. They like to make money. Why would you walk away from that? Something that outsold even Skyrim. You know, like we talk about maybe yeah. not Skyrim now with resales, huh. but that's insane though. But you know, because Skyrim's been re-released enough times where maybe yeah. Skyrim still has it edged out. But Fallout Four did so well, and I'd say it has room to even grow more because it is a first-person shooter. 
And, yeah. And, I mean, Bethesda's not afraid to take drastic steps in the franchise. I don't know what direction they go in. But I, I wouldn't rule it out. I really wouldn't. Just I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I, I think it's very well possible that they do a similar thing to what they're doing maybe with Rage. You hand off the IP to someone else and then let the main company go to work on something else. Like, hmm. it could work on Doom. Rage could be by someone else. Fallout could be by someone else. Starfield could be by BGS. Ray was Arcane, right? Yes. You know, that would work. Um, I would think that if they did do another Fallout thing, it would almost have to not be BGS. And this is based off, uh, I'm not sure if it was Todd Howard or Pete Hines that said this, but uh, when asked about Elder Scrolls Six, they said that we don't want to be a studio that just does Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Elder Scrolls. If they, if BGS did another Fallout, that would almost invalidate that statement, as yeah. Fallout was their most recent game. So yeah, I wouldn't rule it. I, I agree with you completely. I wouldn't rule it past them to hand that off to maybe even a what was it Obsidian that did New Vegas? Yes. Maybe maybe give them another go. You know, with the new technology and the new creation engine. Uh, I think that also alone thing. I don't know if no one's going to. Uh, uh, no one's going to Obsidian, but I do also <laughs> think that um, unfortunately they've had a number of their smaller companies not do well with their single player sales wise. Prey did not sell well, nor did Dishonored two. So Dishonored, I from what I understand, the death of a salesman or whatever the fuck that secondary <laughs> DLC was called. Was that death of a death Outsider. of a walker. Outsider. Don't know where it came up with Death of a Salesman. That's a movie. Um, yeah. So so I think that did well. But overall, that game didn't sell very well. Mm. And so I don't think that um, Death of a Single Player is bound to happen. But I think a Fallout is more, like for them, an easier thing to look at and assume they can build and have success with. Yeah, and I, I, the, the problem is, is overlapping of development companies across the years. Because just because those two games didn't do well doesn't mean they're going to reverse and everything's going to be Fallout. But at mm. the same time, if they have the chance to move focus and go, okay, you know what, these games didn't do well, let's get some money back by doing a good Fallout and then try again. And, you know, so it, you have this tit for tat that can go across, especially in a company like that where they have all their different development houses. Because mm. um, mm. I don't think they're, they're not Scrooge McDuck level of money like, let's say, Take-Two. Yeah. You know, that just buys Cuba and fucking develops games there. I mean, those, those guys have got so much money, it's ridiculous. I think with Bethesda, they do have to worry a little bit. Um, what other... Didn't they have another single player that didn't sell well, Maddie? I thought there was... I thought there was like three, because I'm pretty sure you guys actually Evil reminded within, me. probably, I feel. Evil Within 2 well. did not do well, yeah. Um, yeah, see, the thing, though, that might counter that or rather not counter it but might help them balance out where because they've said that the games have done what interview was this i can't quote it directly so i apologize to those listening but i remember pete saying you know because of their games with a service like eso um, right games as a service not with um eso fallout shelter quake champions and i want to say elder scrolls legends that those generate revenue on their own where it allows them to take single player risks and even if a game undersells it's not really underselling because I think they look at the profit as not just like this game sold this and this game sold this they're like how much did we as Bethesda Softworks make all together I, think... I have a question for you Maddie. Yeah. Does do they get the full revenue from ESO though because I thought ESO is actually Zenimax Online Studios oh no mm-hmm. Zenimax Online Studios which yeah, that's the thing. Bethesda as a company, 
they confuse me. <laughs> it, it can be confusing because you have Zenimax yeah. at the top, you have Zenimax Online Studios, so those two are oh, yeah, kind of like do. a parallel. And it's the same thing with Bethesda and Bethesda Game Studios. So when I say Bethesda, some people are like, Bethesda Game Studios making Rage 2? It's like, no, Bethesda's publishing this. And what, what right. the fuck's Bethesda? Yeah. It's like, no, there's there's a difference. There's a complete... They're, they're a web, for sure, and, yeah. and that does indicate, you're, you're absolutely right, that does, that does push the fact that uh, that maybe they they do have the extra revenue to just say mm-hmm. couple couple failures be damned or games that didn't do as well. I really would like to know. We'll never know how much um, like a prey made in profit because yeah. if you're making your money back, all you're doing is paying people for the past work they did. You're basically investing future and then your game releases and you're paying backwards. You're like, okay, we need to pay all that back to whatever the bank, mm-hmm. and then you have your profit above that i wish we could find that out because yeah. i think if we could sort of figure out exactly even a guess because like i don't know if you saw this but shadow of the tomb raider they just announced their budget 100 million i think it's it's 100 million just for the game and then and thankfully they did this i hope all companies start doing this 35 for advertising they've separated them mm-hmm. and advertising being that the developer doesn't pay for it the publisher will and that can be spread around so yeah i wish we could i wish we could know because you know, and then how did they sell later? I thought the Evil Within too. If I'm, I could be incorrect, Maddie, but I thought Evil Within two had a resurgence later. It got the it patch have. for it had first really person. good patches that mm, might right. have brought more people in. I can look it up while you finish. Because I sentence. think I think you and I were the ones. Because I wasn't I wasn't in love with that game, no. and um, I think overall it's got a bunch of patches. So maybe that saw an increase. I think Death of a Oh jeez, what's it called again? The Death sequel. Of yeah, Death of an Outsider might have helped. Um, I wish we knew how much, though, because how this many failures... Really, I'm looking up Evil Within 2. It's got four and a half stars out of 2,145 reviews, and, like, people really like this. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. Yeah, it was It was only in the first, like, month that it was doing poorly, and reviews were poor, and then it, after that it sort of ballooned up, which is good. It's also kind of a niche market, too, the horror survival game. Very I've... much so, yeah. And third person only at that time, remember? Because mm-hmm. they, they patched the first person, which, by the way, you get a chance to play Evil Within 2, play it now. Because the first person changes that game. I'm hmm. stunned, stunned that when they released that, they did not have the first person patch in. Because it, it makes it a great deal better. Oh, wow. All huh. right, so I'm just going off a forum, but it can give us a yeah, discussion sure. point. Yeah, sure. Sales data on the game is scarce, but some numbers are available. The Evil Within 1 sold around 800,000 units in its opening week, which is pretty decent. These sales can be attributed to the marketing, the revival of the horror genre at the time, and the big name of Mikami on it. The Evil Within 2 sold around 200,000 units in its opening week, around a quarter of the original. This can be attributed to the original weak critical reception. Bad marketing, which I agree with, because they didn't like that game for Mm -hmm. shit. And yeah. last minute reveal, the game was revealed around a few months before release. Add that to the removal of Mikami as director, and you have a pretty much reduced sales amount. So, mm. yeah, we have opening week mm. sales. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep looking in the meantime, but yeah, it, it doesn't look like I can't I can't imagine this game performed well. Yeah, I see in a, a report here from Eurogamer, the Evil Within Two physical launch sales quarter of original. Oh wow! I almost wonder if the resurgence happened. You, you mentioned that it had bad marketing, which I agree. I wonder if um, the game it wasn't inherently bad, so all the YouTubers and uh, Let's Players and Twitch streamers playing the game maybe brought it more attention than the marketing itself did. 
That's and the that, thing is with horror games, uh, the, the Resident Evil, while it sold really well for most gamer standards, uh, for Capcom it didn't. And I think a big part of that is because <laughs> yeah, people remember. see horror and they go, I don't want to play that. I'm too scared to right. watch someone play it. Or, or one person will buy it and five will sit in a room together and play it. It's like that could be five individual sales or everyone's too afraid. So they gather up and, and so for like every five copies you could sell, you're only selling like one. Or the fact that Capcom hired fucking theater majors for their math Because <laughs> yeah. when they said, remember, they were like, Resident Evil 7 should sell, like, I don't know, remember, 200 billion copies, whatever the fuck they said. Yeah. But when they announced it, everybody was like, what? It's an amazing game, but what are you even talking? Like, you're not even in our world. And, and we couldn't figure out if it was like, did they spend that much money to get it VR capable? Because that is possible. Hmm. That they, a, a chunk of it was the development, because that's one of the best VR games ever made. It works yeah. in VR as well as normal, which is very rare. Yeah. So maybe that was the development cost. Um, you do have to have a second hub for your testing, your QA. But yeah, that's 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 funny, Maddie, that you bring up Capcom, man, because I yeah. still remember we were like, what the fuck? Who, who would have ever thought that? Um, I think now, I don't know if you saw, but uh, same thing happened. We talked about this, the Shadow or the Rise of the Tomb Raider, where originally the CEO wanted it to save the company, so they said it sold poorly, and now they're like, well, it's actually sold more than enough. It's just our expectations were completely wrong. Mm. Like mm. It, it. So maybe with Capcom, it's the same way. A lot of people deem the series kind of as a failure. Like you know, yeah. you wanted to revive it. I think we talked about it on the show, like how we want it to be this big thing, and it might not be that big thing. But turns out it could be just the expectations are being projected out onto the consumer now. I think so, man. And I think we. I mean, not to be rude, but I think we can be a part of that. It's sort of like what Skulls alluded to. YouTubers, like, how do you cover things? Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen some videos where somebody will say, this game is dead, and the game is out for, like, a week. And and that can yeah. be true, but look at Ubisoft. Well, I would love to see the people who are like, man, Siege is dead. And it's like, bitch, yeah. <laughs> Siege isn't not only dead, it just kicked your mom's ass. Like, <laughs> it, it depends on the company, depends on their support as a service. Um, you and I both weren't in love with Sea of Thieves, Sea of Thieves is doing really well for Microsoft as a service and getting better and getting more content. Mm-hmm. It, it, it needs it for sure. It had none on release. so Yeah, I was it, disappointed. Oh, dude. I don't even know what to... I don't know how that game got released. <laughs> I, like, I'm... Yeah, totally confused. What like else one are you of those, Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I was just going to say, remind me of like one of those Steam early release games that had no business being early right. release necessarily. Where all they do is have you craft a spear and they call yeah. it a survival game. They'll be like, yeah. go to this, go to this island, fucking, you know, cut down a hemlock. And you're like, dude, that's all there is in this game. In Sea of Thieves, I remember about three hours in just going, hmm, isn't a lot really changing as I level up or anything like that. It was, it was, I like the fact that it's social. People get, mm-hmm. a, people get a kick out of that. What were you looking at, Maddie? I'm just uh, out of curiosity after looking up The Evil Within 2, I was like, how well did Wolfenstein sell? Oh, yeah. And that doesn't look uh, too hot either. I it did. Oh, wow. Wolfenstein 2 did not do well. It did not. Uh, it's, it's hmm. I mean, I, I could tell right away because the, the game was heavily discounted. Like, like I remember yeah. when I got my review out for it, it was like a week and a half or so after the game launched, two weeks maybe. And. It might have been longer than that, but it was at like forty dollars at that point. And it's like that you that's never happened with me. 
Like, oh, wow. Yeah. Two for my review. My, my God of War review, and that's still 60 bucks. Wolfenstein 2 amazed me also because I think, I, if I remember right, it was a Tuesday review time, just typical. And I'm pretty sure by the next Tuesday, when people were getting like paychecks, they were saying, because I, I, I think I rated that one a wait for a sale. No, I rated that one a buy, I think. And people were like, well, it's on sale for like $31 instead of the $59.99 I reviewed it at. Should I get it? And I'm like, Jesus, that's already, you know, oh, not half off, but quite close to half yeah. off a week later. Um, yeah, it's sales out of the box didn't do well, and I'm not 100% sure why, because that game, I really enjoyed that game. They marketed it, anything. too. I know, I know there's been some issues with the storytelling over time. I, I still have yet to look into that yet, but I said yet yeah, twice, Jesus Christmas. But um, <laughs> that, that's something that I want to investigate. But as for the gameplay, I mean, it was so satisfying, like, using the axe and you just chop off someone's leg for a stealth kill. It was so over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... I, I mean, I personally... I wouldn't put it up with Doom, obviously, because I think Doom yeah, is something that is just really very unique uh, in its success. But Wolfenstein 2, man, there was a lot of good moments in that game. So, I, I, yeah, I, I think sales on that one were probably hurt. There was... When it first came out, I thought critically it was actually doing pretty well. Mm. Um, but I think it released against a couple games, if I remember right. I could be wrong. But I'm, I, think I so thought too. it released at least. You know, And you get that. Look at Titanfall 2. <laughs> it's like, I mean, sometimes these guys just release in really bad time frames. That's mm. true. And that might be it. Might not be critical at all. It's crazy to think that that can kill some series just because of the timing, really. I mean, Dude, it Titan, happens. Titanfall 2 got... Man, that was a good single player. It was Im- impressive multiplayer. Um, I had some issues with it, but overall, there's no reason it did the way it did, and that except for one of the worst reviews. Uh, did you guys ever see the video where they ask him? They ask the guy like, "Why did you release it at this time?" And the the publisher dude's like, "Blah blah 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 blah,", blah. and the developer <laughs> looks over at him and goes, "Whatever the fuck that means," and you're like. Oh, oh so, damn! Why do mom and dad fight? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need an adult. Yes, that sounds there was some similar. Anger. That was some anger that was going on there. Dang. Huh. That doesn't surprise me though. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, neither. They, they literally set them up to get slaughtered. Sent them to they the did. slaughterhouse. They did. It's something that I wish like we could find out. I mean, there was even reports that it was like, oh, they did it on purpose so that their, you know, Star Wars would be the number one seller for them, and they had no competition with Titanfall and all this stuff. And I was like, I think mm. it was just, I think it was dumb, yeah. like just dumb, I like a, a lack of knowledge of what you were doing. I agree. I think they got too wrapped up in one marketing campaign and forgot about the other. Mm-hmm. Well, look at Andromeda. To this oh, day, man. when I play Andromeda, I cannot understand how that ever got released. It killed. Andromeda is a bane of my existence because my previous YouTube channel is all about Mass Effect. All about oh, it. Really? All about Mass Effect. Oh, yes, I love Mass it. Effect. You I do, love man. it. I have all my old videos on my channel, but Andromeda not only did it kill the series, it killed the community. Okay. I mean, oh, yeah. it's very much like Destiny 2 from what I've observed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I still think back like Mass Effect was that magical thing, but. Like anything else, you just have the right collection of developers, the right situations happen. I don't think we can have that magic back with Mass Effect. Or with Bioware. Or Bioware, we'll have, yeah. We'll have to do is a Anthem still we'll, coming out this year? Anthem uh, is... No, it? it'll be delayed. delayed, right? Um, I, I, I would love for us to have a discussion at some point about um, 
the does the require the real need ignoring the microtransactions ignoring the dev crunch for a second but the real need for somebody to watch a developer and make sure that they're tight in their timelines and stuff because mm-hmm. a lot of people you talk to when those teams like a bioware gets big microsoft was very like you will do this at this time and you have to report you you need to re- deliver to us a demo that works at this point and we'll pay you this much money for that that's pretty typical in like dev communities but it seems like with Activision, they were just like, here's $10 million, whatever they paid for Bungie. And it's like, here's all the money. And Destiny just fell apart because of that. Like, they didn't have any pressure sort of, you know, making a diamond. It was yeah. just it was just yeah. carbon and shit. And, you, and I, by the way, <laughs> I like Destiny 1 and 2. Um, not so much anymore, but I didn't hate them. And it was mm-hmm. just a very odd development, how, they, how, they, how it all worked out. Yeah, it's crazy. No, I, I was just I was thinking, but I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, cool to see somebody had a Mass Effect channel, though. Yeah, oh, I loved Mass Effect. I, and... I knew a couple of Mass Effect YouTubers before Andromeda. God, it sounds like a horrible disease that, that broke out <laughs> before the Andromeda. Matt, I did a review, and I still to this day don't know how this ever got in a game, but I remember playing the game and you walk around a corner, and there's somebody at a table, and it dawns on you that everybody is physically the wrong size. When a guy is typing on a table, and he's like, got this weird hunchback, and in my review I said something like, OSHA, unapproved table. Because it looked like something you'd never seen before. And then then you'd talk to a character, and the humans were like dwarfish almost. Like, everybody looked the wrong size, and you're just sitting there going, how did this get out? And when you first start like talking to different characters, you see them, and your my brain when we were playing that, Maddie, was just it was that depressive moment where you're like, "Wait, this yeah. is Mass Effect." Because to me, Mass Effects used to be top tier, mm-hmm. and oh, so God, it was like yeah. everything I was experiencing. It was just like somebody coming in and being like, "Your parents hated you as a child. They fucking never wanted you," and you're like, "Oh my God!" It just keeps getting worse. <laughs> truth button. Truth button. Truth button. Yeah, they. Uh, I think a lot of that is they're so uh, hell bent on trying to use the new engine. I mean, they, for years they built on uh, what what engine did they use? It wasn't. They switched to the the Frostbite they engine, to, I believe. They switched to Frostbite from Aurora, yeah. I think, or something. Whatever it was. Called. And they had yeah, they had no experience with Frostbite, and, and that's why the animations were so horrible. And man, there's just so much wrong with that game. And then of course you have EA looming over him with their stick, poking him. Hurry up! Hurry up! We need more money from you, Bioware. Hurry up! And it just led to disaster and depression. I, I, mean, I don't even know if it hel- if it hurt them to have EA. I mean, what I mean is, if, if they did those switches, well, Frostbite hurt them obviously, and that's their engine. But mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know if, like, even if they'd given them a year, do we really feel that Andromeda would have been some classic? Because I don't. I don't either. I agree. They would have had to scrap it. The start was just doomed to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. By the way, people might think I'm fidgeting. I've got dogs at my feet. I apologize. They keep chewing my... <laughs> One's got the, the microphone, and he's like, chewing on the cord. I'm like, dude, right in the middle of the podcast. Seriously? Sorry about I've that. I've been besieged by my cat trying to meow into the microphone. <laughs> I, I keep like trying to go down, and then it dawned on me. I'm like, somebody thinks I'm doing intravenous drugs right now. <laughs> like, there's no way they're not seeing me go and going like, a little what too is much Garrett, jet. What is Garrett's problem? <laughs> A jet? Holy shit, that's a nerdy joke. I love it. <laughs> I have my door shut so my dog doesn't come in here. Because, like, for me, he's just a whiner. So I love him, but he'll come in and he'll be like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll pet yeah. him and he'll be like, all right, I'm all right now. It's like, dude. Dude, I have, peanut, I have peanut butter and I have dog bones. 
because they come in and they whine and I have to fuck. I, like, you'll see me go, I'm not, like, touching myself. I'm actually putting a little peanut butter on a bone to shut him up for, like, because I have the same thing. I have a whiner. He'll just all day long, no matter like what you're doing. He's just never happy. He's, and the only time he is yeah. happy is when he's dead asleep when on the couch. Attention. Or, or asleep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah attention. Like, or life asleep. is great, man. <laughs> But uh, that wraps up all the news we have for this week. It was a really good discussion. Lots of Bethesda. Lots to speculate about, and I'm sure when we come back next week, it'll be a whole new ball game. So, Skullzy, uh, if you'd like to pimp anything, promote anything, by all means, now is your chance. Uh, yeah, um, if you guys want to check out some of my content, uh, I talk about Bethesda News, Elder Scrolls, Starfield, whatever they're doing. Um, I'm starting to branch off to maybe covering some other games like Cyberpunk, uh, but I'll always be Bethesda-centric. And I also recently started doing Twitch as well. My YouTube is uh, youtube.com slash Skullzy, and my Twitch is Skullzy uh, underscore TV. And thank you very much for having me. This has been a blast, and it's awesome to finally be part of uh, the podcast uh, after watching you guys for so long. It's been fun. Well, thank you for supporting it for so long, first of all, and and thank you for joining. We really Mm -hmm. appreciate it all the positive contributions you brought and the feedback you have. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Awesome. And that'll do it for episode 156. Carrick, any final words? No. Right. No, I can't think of any. I'm just I'm I'm excited for I'm excited for what we're going to talk about next yeah, uh, yeah. next Cause, Friday. Cause like when I, this goes live for exactly. most folks, this is the day before, this is the calm before the storm and then <laughs> It's a whole new ball game. It's, it's going to be very interesting if I have to show up with an apology sign around my neck and be like, I'm sorry for ever doubting. Or if, uh, you know, like I, I don't know. There's just, I have a feeling this entire next week is going to be one of those times where I'm looking at Twitter just going, somebody's going to somebody's gonna DM me or tweet me and be like, ha-ha, I told you. Or, you were right. It's, yeah. I, I can't wait. E3, that's the way it is. Yeah, Less of the month. This uh, this few weeks hashtag will be apology sign. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you got to this point in the podcast and you want to share it, we have all the handles on screen for you to tweet at. Use the hashtag apology sign, and we will catch you guys next week. Peace, Peace out. out. Bye.